Hello everyone. Welcome to What's Up with SAS. Uh, today I have uh, Ravi Kikan. He's a leader and a management guru. He's also been an ex-CXO and an entrepreneur himself. A mentor and an advisor to many of the startup and entrepreneurial institutes in India. A very well-known uh, person in the startup circle. He is more than 350,000 uh, members in his LinkedIn community. And he has also written the book, How to Validate Your Startup Business Idea. So welcome, welcome uh, Ravi, welcome to What's Up with SAS. Hi Raj, great to have you here. And great of myself to um, you know, have an afternoon chat with, with an awesome entrepreneur yourself. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we'll just uh, get started, Ravi. How did you get this idea of writing a book uh, on your experiences and, uh, and where did this come up from and how, is, how has been the response uh, and the feedback for it? Uh, Raj, to be very honest, uh, you know, uh, I have, you know, your failures teach you a lot of things actually. And once you, once you see failures, you know, and you go through them, and you see that, you know, same kind of failures are repeated around the world. And you see, and you interact with entrepreneurs and you understand that there are certain things which are common uh, among all of them. Uh, if you look at stats across, uh, not just India and across the world, you will find that most of the startups, you know, fail because of two reasons. A, is that they don't have a product market fit. Second, they build a product or service which nobody wants, right? And there's nobody to willing to pay for that. Right. Now these are things that are capable because you've started because uh, uh, you know some somewhere down the line you've started business because you wanted to start a business. A. You had nothing to do. Uh, B. C. You you somebody told you 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 can be a great entrepreneur so you started a business. Now in all these experimental roles, people just started without thinking and and understanding that. Most of the businesses globally fail because they don't validate their business idea, right? right? And my own experiences came very handy in understanding when I have done businesses or I have done small stints around whether and business doesn't mean that you have to do you have to be an entrepreneur yourself. You have you can still be an on you have can have an entrepreneurial skills working in a corporate environment as well when you're launching new products or services. They're also you know. The old school always had this in mind that please do primary research, please do secondary research with your target customers, understand their needs. You know, uh, you know I, that's the reason why research agencies have been have been uh, uh, you know thick in the thick of things from a marketing perspective. But however, in times to come, people have forgotten their basics and they've started jumping in because one percent or two percent of entrepreneurs have been successful because they just jumped and they were lucky in right place at the right time and they got lucky and they they, they uh, flew off but not right. always right right people have to really struggle so this idea came in from my thousands of interactions with entrepreneurs because i run a community on linkedin and my own failures and understanding and working with a lot of awesome entrepreneurs uh, this was one thing that came out very quick and very light saying that validate your business idea and that's the most important thing in terms of um, getting things done uh, so market product market fit a customer who can pay 
and a customer who needs your product you know these are the basics of that so this is this came directly from there absolutely uh, so what what exactly is at stake you know uh, there's a lot that an entrepreneur actually uh, puts in and uh, get to get started so if he doesn't do validation what's at stake professionally as well as personally because it's a it's a it's a very big decision for an entrepreneur himself right raj irrespective of um, you know whatever stage of entrepreneurship that you might be in you might be a 18 year old or you might be a 60 year old and there's no time for entrepreneurship it's the time to understand uh, the basic needs of the uh, market and you know working accordingly uh, the biggest risk that i feel is is time you know you you put a lot of energies in in building your product services you build you put a lot of money into it so time money uh, and the positive outlook towards entrepreneurship you know, after a failure it completely changes everything out right you you're on the unless until you're too strong from your core you just say that you know this is not my cup of tea maybe you've done something wrong maybe you're at the wrong time maybe you haven't validated your idea but you you don't generally go into these things you don't dig deep so the mental harassment the self inflicted mental harassment as we as we said mm. is more uh, dangerous than anything else so i i personally feel that um, uh, in in this same order uh, time money and self inflicted mental harassment which you do to your own self right and you you look down upon yourself are the three things that are absolutely bringing any entrepreneur or other startup at risk when you when you don't validate your startup idea or uh, go in the market without validating or without seeing that there's a want for that customer or service correct and also you know family is involved and so many other things right it's not just a individual decision at the end of the day uh, yeah because uh, i think that is very right from an indian perspective so, uh, you know uh, and primarily indian i i would say because we still are in the in the zone of where um, entrepreneurship is limited to more business families mm-hmm. and a uh, uh, lot of uh, service class families in the middle class you know do not really encourage entrepreneurship unless until unless until there is this, there is a wide understanding of parents grandparents saying do whatever you want you know right. that percentage is is becoming high but still there is a valid percentage why is that so you know business uh, families uh, end up doing only business why don't they get into services because they are taught from the very start right you know right. Um, and i'm not talking only ambani's and um, you know um, adani's of the world i'm talking about general middle class as well you know yeah. a shopkeeper which is a small business owner he his son has seen how his father has interacted or you know small business owner like a medical shop these are small businesses as well right mm-hmm. it, it just startup doesn't mean just tech these are small businesses which are part of it Absolutely. in that kind of scenario the families bring down the ethics of running a business while the middle class typically service class middle class public service class is always apprehensive about about these things so those things are also at risk when we talk about that true true uh, what are the common mistakes that uh, or the pitfalls that happen for an for an entrepreneur and uh, i believe you nailed at least eight or 10 of them in your book uh what uh, what would they be what are the what are those uh, mistakes that happen and and how how uh, can that be you know corrected 
you know, this is coming directly from from my experience and I'm, and all experiences of failed entrepreneurship, right? And this is very, uh, you have to be honest while you speak it out because somebody else will fall if you don't tell people that, you know, there is a roadblock there, don't go there. And these roadblocks are common across the world. So uh, in terms of validation, if you talk about certain things that they should keep in mind is first is build a product that, that somebody wants, right? Um, you know, if you build a product that you only want, it is most likely you will only end up paying, right? Nobody else will. Right. Second important thing is, are you closing or are you finding or are you sufficing the, uh, an existing market gap, right? To, with your product and services. Is there a market gap? Are you filling that up? Right? You need to understand that. Hmm. The third is, the valid point is, are, if you don't find a market gap, are you building a new market altogether? You know, drones for a new market, right? Um, Robotics came as a new market. Artificial intelligence was a new is, is was a new market, and I'm not talking about now when it started off, right? So this was disruption. So are you disrupting the existing market, right? The the fourth is the fifth or fourth or fifth, as we say, it is is about economy of scale, right? And the entire world is fighting with China, but China is dominating the economies of the world, right? Because they have economies of scale. While if you if there's a there's a valid joke saying that you know, somebody from China versus somebody from Southeast Asia versus somebody from North America were competing in a in an export market, and uh, they were rating it out their um, products. And the American said that, "Look, I have a product. I can give you a forty percent discount if you buy two thousand." Uh, the Southeast Asian primarily uh, said, "Okay, fine. I can give you a seventy percent discount, and I can give you ten thousand products." Right. While the Chinese kept quiet and when the thing he looked at the Chinese, he said, I can give you 2 million products at an 80% discount. You need to sign a bond with me for 10 years. You know, hmm. what does it, what does it build it? It says while you are building hundred, 200, 500 objects, I'm, I can have the capacity to build 1 million. I can give you the maximum discounts that you can think of. Right. Okay. And last, not the least, I will, I will want to retain you from a long period of time. Now, so the, what it does is it creates that great MRR business, which everybody wants to have, you know, monthly recurring revenue business, right? right? You might have a discount in the first year, second year, third year, he'll make profits, right? When you send economy of scale. So last, not the least is the economy of scale. Right. And more than that, you know, uh, they should always first look into if whatever product that you build, they should look into customers who can pay them, right? Instead of finding customers who can experiment, they should find out customers who want, who want to use their products and pay them in return. You're doing a business, you're not doing philanthropy, right? So you need to have those customers and you want to stick onto those customers. And last not the least is understanding that whatever you're building is, is, an, is an evolutionary product or service. There's no version one, there's no version 10. Uh, as on where on basis, there's nothing like a, like a perfect product. So whatever stage that you are in of your service or your product, just launch in the market, clearing those gaps, clearing those economies of scale or disrupting the market, go to the customer, uh, check his instances in terms of usage, come back, uh, evaluate the product, change the product and go back again to the market. So break, build, break, build continuously is nothing like a perfect product. 
the problem is entrepreneurs keep on waiting for a uh, for an ideal time and ideal product uh, you know which never comes actually and that's the reason why you know they they miss the bus and they fall down so these are some of the key points i have written down some about um, other 15 20 points uh, with focused on specific industries and sections in terms of how they have they can look into those things but these are the prime uh, pointers and catchment areas which entrepreneurs at large should look into and and uh, build their uh, journey to into building their own startup yeah so don't uh, pursue for perfection uh, basically get Correct. on and then you know you know if you if you look at it if you look at it if you look at any product if you look at an iphone or if you look at uh, facebook or you look at uh, you know amazon's website you look at their version 1.1 and you look at their version 10.0 which is right now you will you you think about it if that version 1.1 was launched right now nobody would have looked at it right but you see they launched at that point in time and it was there true right so if you keep on waiting if you keep on waiting you you will you need to evolve so and where does the evolution come into play the customer who going who's going to use your product or who are using your product they will get back to you and they will give you that heads up and saying this is what we want this is what we want so the user experience keeps changing the user interface keeps on changing because the customer gives you that feedback and this is a continuous cycle and this is called how a read offman would call it it's the state of being in constant beta so if you are in the state of constant beta you always are evolving you are always in a state of uh, revising your product and services for a better customer outlook great uh, so basically fundamentals being the same is there any difference in the validation process for b2c versus b2b since we are focusing on the b2b side uh, is there a is there a is there a difference and uh, is there anything uh, absolutely different for saas uh as a category um you know thankfully i worked in saas closely uh, i'm still working in a saas product uh, the enterprise as we say the b2b is mostly mostly enterprise right as yeah. we say in a saas yeah. product the yeah. b2b saas product in an enterprise version is always different as compared to a b2c because b2c is mostly retail as we said so on a layman's term you know b2b and b2c are more marketing oriented terms but for a layman's term to understand it is more enterprise versus retail right so yeah. an enterprise customer for a b2b product as we said uh, is a little different in terms of validation versus a b2c b2c is might have to you know when you launching a b2c the basic understanding is is having a mix of you know demographics and social graphs to experiment and test your products and services right so for example if you are launching a um, you know uh, let's say mobile right uh, and you want to launch and understand and you launching a mobile phone which is a category where social media for example or or augmented reality is one of the key things you know or a virtual reality is one of the key things you have a headgear along with it so your target audience is defined as say probably 17 to say 35 prime audience you right. might have 35 plus as well and you have below that as well but prime audience defined defined is say 18 to 35 and in that category the audience is global now so the population for experimenting is say the total addressable market is say 500 million globally right uh, i'm just giving an example yeah Now, you can't you can't test the product for 500 million customers right how would you do that so the 
the only best way to launch, for example. So the only way to do is that the maximum to look into in terms of target market. Say, for example, you've chosen India. Um, India, maybe you have chosen Delhi, Bangalore, Mumbai, um, and say Australia, you've chosen. So you've chosen Sydney, Melbourne, right? As the, so, if you if you do a test marketing of say 500 or 1,000 customers in, mm. in, 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 in five cities in India and about three cities in Australia, right? And, uh, um, and you have a repository of say 7,000 responses. And you can do that typically if you're a startup, you can do that on a Google form or a Jot form or whatever product or, uh, you know, available services. You'll have a complete understanding uh, uh, of how the, how the consumer is behaving, right? So, that way you can you'll have you'll have a, not have a complete market understanding but you'll have a sizable market understanding of what people are thinking right now will they be able to pay for this product and service and will they be able to buy this product and service right, right. Now, this is a b2c to be a global product which is which has to have a larger broader and most non specific uh, ma- market validation right yeah. where the enterprise mode you have to be very, very specific, right? For example, if you're selling, say, let me understand it myself, uh, um, you know, how we did it. So, you know, let's take an example for a, for a SaaS product, which is into say marketing technology, a mark tech product, right? Yeah. You're doing share of voice as a share of voice as a product to understand influencer management, oblique your brands, share of voice yeah. across platforms and, and you're selling it as a SaaS product. And it is typically for B2B products, uh, enterprise customers. Now, you need to understand why would an enterprise buy it, first of all. You need to think about these broader questions. Uh, will you be able to buy, what will be the economies of scale in that in that pretext? Uh, third is, they already have 100 mark tech products across. How would you make a difference across? After doing all those valid, mental validations across, then you find out that, okay, fair enough. This is my target audience, maybe not on an enterprise scale, but growing enterprise or mid market is my, my target audience. And I, I need to sizably put say, uh, tech pure technology companies, mid market segments in South Asia. Now you already have zeroed down on your target audience and it is a sizable, say 10,000 or 8,000, um, you know, companies which are operating in that sector, mid market, uh, pure tech products, companies, which want to use this kind of, which might use this kind of product. Now the simple element is that if you pick up, uh, 10 or 12 customers and you lowest hanging fruits, you know, in this category, you have to put efforts in putting the lowest hanging fruit because you can't waste time on experimenting in B2B because the cycle is big, right? So you need to pick up real, um, fast and real connect, uh, connected uh, uh, partners from the day one saying, okay, of these 8,000, I know people of 100 people who are connected with me. I might want to try these 10 people through other connections and, you know, they might say hi to me, right? So you use your references, etc., and you get on to those customers because B2B buying is, is not product buying. I mean, my opinion, honest opinion, it is about relationship buying, right? Uh, um, I know Raj, uh, Raj knows somebody in, in a fortune 500 company who happens to be his classmate. I speak to Raj saying, Raj, uh, I have a great product. Do you want to test it out? Raj tests it out. Raj finds it very good. Raj recommends my product to his friend who's in a, who's a marketing head or a, 
or a CXO in a Fortune 500 company, and I need to find 20 Raj with me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's the enterprise cycle. It's more of a relationship sales more than uh, uh, um, you know marketing. But the validation has to come for low-hanging foods because the customer who like your product in the validation stage are 100% sure that they will test it out. Yeah. You cannot be 100% sure whether they'll buy it, but 70% the, the buying cycle has been done there because the relationship has been uh, validated. Okay. Now, in the negotiation might happen on pricing, etc. So B2C is more broader, uh, more generic, um, more differential, and there has to be a cross-sectional element into it. Uh, B2B or the enterprise cycle or the bid market cycle will be more focused, low-hanging foods, and the validation is directly uh, on the customers who will convert. So that focus has to be there. Right. And be it built for India or built for the world, uh, like how SaaS companies are currently looking at, uh, it, right. it, it, it is obviously has to transcend the boundaries and you, you need to do multi-market, multi-market validations as well. Yes, correct. So when, whenever you go online, you're not, you're not building it for Gurgaon or Delhi or New York, right? A SaaS product plug and play model is globally, right? Yeah. So anybody who wants to buy it in New York or who wants to buy in London or wants to buy in, in Berlin or on an Adelaide for that matter, the, the product has to be a multi-market, multi-facet, multi-usage um, um, uh, point of view as well, right? So. It has to differentiate and address to all those market conditions across and then come out with with that kind of solution. So not just focused at one market, of course, the multi-market outlook. And uh, the the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, clarity, which I wanted to understand was that business idea validation, is it equal to business validation? Because uh, business idea validation versus business validation, again, the other terms like product market fit or the uh, MVP, which is the minimum viable product or the value proposition, are these all part of the process or is it just uh, the idea validation that happens? See, uh, from a from a understanding perspective, um, you know, um, these are these are differentiated by thin lines, right? Um, from a broader understanding perspective, but from a learning perspective, if you really want to implement it out, this there's a basic uh, broad level understanding that you do with a little deep dive into the concept so that you understand from, from a perspective of usage. So market validation is mar- when you do a business idea validation, right? Which is right. Is there a market for this product? Uh, uh, the product market fit is completely in the second phase where you say, there's a market, how would I, how would I fit this product into the market? Right. That's a phase two actually. So phase one is validation, understanding there's a market for that or not. Product market fit is basically does your product fit the market. There's a fitment of the product in the market. The MVP or POC are stages where, you know, you're building the product, you're building the user experience, then you're building the, you know, uh, proof of concept, then you're building a working model, right? That's the MVP. So, Typically, hardware and software have a differential lining in terms of the MVP as well. But from a very broader perspective, software, hardware companies, or uh, you know, even even service companies also can understand it. 
first is the user experience second is the poc which is the proof of concept and third is the mvp technically you know on a broader level this works like this sometimes people interchange an mvp with the poc fair enough no problems as such as long as it's fundamentally okay in terms of testing the product in the market with the paying customer it's fine it's it's okay nothing wrong in it right so uh, also uh, every entrepreneur starts out with certain assumptions right you know you have a gut and you have a certain set of assumptions and you believe uh, in that uh, set of assumption very strongly and then there is hypothesis right so now are these two the same or is there is that something is a part of validation is sequential in nature or uh, you know uh, how how do you look at these you know entrepreneurs who are trying to launch their products and services should keep things very simple if they make it too complex you know they'll as i said you know you don't have to build a perfect product you can build a product which is which is which is covering those five basic buckets as i said you know an a market ready approach a solution to the existing problem a disruptive model economies of scale or a customer need right so if you if you building the product according to any of these levels whatever state on it you are in right any any time anywhere approach build the product and send it to the market right the more hypothesis you do the more chances are that you will keep on thinking about the ideal product so it is important that you take the version 1.0 right to the market to the paying customer mm-hmm. and test the product and come back with version 1.1 and then come back to version 1.2 and welcome to 1.3 so this hypothesis is getting tested with the exact product dynamics which a customer wants to properly use right yeah. because he is the guy who is going to pay for it right, uh, right. if somebody is not willing to pay for the product and services you are basically addressing no markets right you are addressing a zero ghost market so you don't have to address a ghost market here you have to you know build a business the most important thing that anybody and everybody should understand is building product and service you are building a business and there's a complete understanding difference when you understand this that you are building a business versus you are building a product and service because when you build a product and services you need to understand ki aapko you have aapko uska finances chalana hoga you have to you know you have to build the marketing for it you know building the sales for it you have to build you have to probably raise funds for it also whether it's from friends and family you have to do customer service as well you have to do customer experience as well you have to do designing as well so who's going to do all these things so if when you think about these things you spend too much time on hypothesis you might miss any of these buses and all these buses work together in a business so my understanding and honest uh, submission is that they should not waste too much time on hypothesis however validation has to be done with 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 the customers and market fit in mind and take to the customer go to the customer take you to the customer go to the customer often as much as you can go come back to your drawing board change your product and go back again so the to and fro has to be very often as much as you can with the, as much customers as you can uh, and second important part that they, they have everybody has to understand is you're building a business you're not just building a product and services for experimentation right you're sure. building a business that will will sustain and all great businesses are businesses more than product and services right correct so uh so i i, I believe uh, like you said there are almost about 25 uh you know po- points or the point framework that you've covered in the book uh what is ravi kikan's blueprint so is there a is there a broad blueprint which you can share uh 
uh, with our viewers uh, for 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 their understanding and uh, and then reference to the book yeah i mean um, you know as i said you know um, there have been lot of reports in the market um, and you pick up any reports of any any uh, any time you know the top reason why startups fail as i said is no market need for the product and that's a top reason yeah investment is not the top reason trust me it is not i used to think that right you start us fail because there's no investment in the product or services investors don't fund the company that is that that is the reason why they fail but that's not it that's wrong the basic anomaly in the whole process of understanding is the basic reason why startups fail globally not india is across the globe is that they don't have a market fit right they don't have a they don't have a market need gap which they fill from their product or service so the entire key to your product and service launch entire key to your business is just one and next everything is of course very critical but important but first hurdle that you need to really kick off is validation of your business is there a business that is viable is my business viable yeah. if the answer is no what is the fun of doing everything out so if the, the the most it's like it's like saying if i want to you want to run a marathon right i need to first run uh, you know half marathons right if i want to target half marathon i should first run 10 kilometers right uh, if i want to if i want to run 10 kilometers i should first run 1 kilometer if i want to really run 1 kilometer i should have done 100 meters first so idea validation is is about preparing yourself and your business for that marathon that nobody else will prepare you for right you could be anybody right but the biggest point that you need to keep in mind while you launch your own business or you um, and this is exactly what i say you don't launch your product you launch your business is to first understand that do you have a product or service which has a market is there a need from the market for your product and services and this process is validated by by the parameters that have are written in the book and these are not my parameters uh, of course my experiences have gone to it my years of experience have gone into it but uh, about 15 odd uh, global entrepreneurs venture capital uh, capitalists uh, uh, entrepreneurs serial entrepreneurs have contributed to it in their understanding of how validation of idea should be so this is a sum in a substance of lot of brains and lot of man hours that has gone into building it out and this because it is the most crucial and the most critical path for any entrepreneur across so it becomes more important for them to just cross this hurdle uske baad to you have to handle the business that is more critical across facets but first is business validation for a market need are you doing that that's it great so i will obviously uh, post the link uh, along with the story for the book and anyone who wants to buy it can buy it from amazon uh, i'll share that uh, so uh, just to conclude uh, ravi what is your advice uh, to saas entrepreneurs specifically and uh, in that context you know how how can they reap maximum benefits out of the book you know uh, it is easy for saas product owners uh, to launch their business because it's more tech in in, in nature um, they they are, they can always work as as a lean team and get things done 90% of the uh, products for support functions are available online uh, 
we are working in a remote uh, learning and remote working so it really doesn't matter now it is more pivotal that saas business owners or product owners it is handy because the catchment area is too high now so the only focus that i would suggest for saas product owners is to focus on real good um, hooks that differentiate the product with with the competition a b build a fantastic organic go to market and choose your platforms where you can support the content the third important part is uh, get early if you're a b2b saas owner right you need to have quick hooks for enterprise customers who would be long term um, you know users of your product get them early in the in the product um, building stage itself so that they can give you feedbacks in terms of the product and they are your early adopters right the early adopters are the ones who will be who will be your late boomers in your product right so the faster you get early adopters in saas business these are the guys who will give you a great arr business right or a great mrr business so it is imperative that you get those early adopters uh, the next point is important is make your product as simple as possible so that you know something you don't have to explain your product and services right the simpler right. the product uh, the simpler is the usage right uh, so whether that's an enterprise product or a or a mid market product it becomes easy last on the least focus completely on the user experience ui is of course it's important it's critical people understand it uh, it's good to have it's great to have a great ui but user experience tops everything up right if i have a simple ui and a amazing ux i would choose that product a service over an amazing ui but a very bad ux right so i i think people should in a saas product people should focus on on in the same hierarchy focus on the user experience then user interface then customer experience and then the customer service and these are the four key elements beyond um, traditional marketing organic marketing which is content or inbound related marketing uh, you know these are the four elements that bind a saas business if you can control all these elements along with marketing and sales you actually killed the entire competition you can work with a lean team you don't require a 100 member team you can work with a three member team as well till the time you hit a enterprise level uh, and you can you can still work it out so i i suggest you know saas product owners or saas business owners should focus on these key elements uh, you know to get us notch up into the business great great uh that brings us to the end of the session thanks so much uh, ravi it was wonderful having you here and i am sure a lot of the entrepreneurs will thanks. learn a lot from it thank you so much thanks raj it was a great great time talking to you okay bye bye thank you bye bye